When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly podcast. I am Eric Cohn, joined as always by Ann Thompson. We are usually split across two coasts of this fine country, usually fine country. Uh, but right now we're both in Los Angeles, so still on Zoom because it's easy to pull things that way. But still, nice to be in town with you, Ann, and see I'm you. I'm going to see you later. There's a yeah. little a gathering that we're going to join each exactly. other on. And tomorrow you've got your your big, on Friday, you have your big shorts event, which I yeah. will definitely attend. Very excited. Very excited about that. And, and then get your feedback on which ones you respond to and so forth. But first, we have a lot to discuss from Avid to the Sundance lineup and of course that we saved democracy by sending postcards to Georgia absolutely up to us and uh, there was I I have to tell you I sent my postcards to uh, Winnick County which had some explosive growth in participation. I'm this sure year. it was your fine handwriting. Did you, <laughs> do, all, did you do cursive or? I think you ended up the, sending more postcards than I did. I'll confess. Oh, I, I sent one many. batch of 50 that was very satisfying, but I got a real weird look from somebody when I just dumped them all in the, uh, in the mailbox. I mean, look, I would have liked to make more calls this time. I think they're the most effective, but everything made, made it makes a difference. I mean, even in this case, it was so damn close. It should not be that close. It when you shouldn't be that close. Like that. It's very disturbing. Right. And thank God, uh, Stacey Abrams, had the apparatus in place to make sure that there was a free and fair yeah. election. Way to go. Um, I will say this. So I came out of Avatar, which we should talk about uh, as this was happening. And and it was really fascinating because it was like, here's a movie which we'll talk about, which is certainly invested in, you know, eco issues and, and has a sort not not a political agenda per se, but a, a certain worldview. And then to so come, come out of that and thinking, I was thinking about some of the, the, uh, the ideology in the movie and then seeing this happen. And I was just like, I'm constantly living in like a struggle to keep the world in some sort of positive place. You know, it's just like a never ending battle from avatar to, to the Georgia runoff. But, but there's a lot different. of nasty stuff heading Donald Trump's way. He's, he's in true. deep, deep doo-doo. That is so true. He's like the villain of avatar. There's good like, news coming down the pike along with all the horrible stuff. So no, but um, like the villain in avatar keeps coming back and we won't spoil too much about that, but I mean, he, there is in more ways than one. Yeah. Well, Stephen Lang is in the movie, so we know that his something, <laughs> there's something, something going, going on. on but no, I think it's okay to say that Stephen Lang comes back as as a uh, an avatar, basically. That's an avatar and and there's, that's the very beginning of the movie. And there's a group of right. them that land on Pandora. And we start in the forest of Pandora, where we left our our uh, our beautiful couple. And they keep having children. And there's some mysterious children that arrive. Uh, one of them comes out of the the avatar of Sigourney Weaver, which I found very strange and mysterious. Did <laughs> yeah, you so explain clearly, that to me, Eric? Okay. Well, first of all, I don't know how Sigourney Weaver had a kid, but uh, it gave. And, that, and they great... keep talking about who's the father, and then there's this right. you know thing with the hands, with the human hands. Yeah. I think he wanted some kind of disability trope to be in the movie. Maybe I I didn't really overthink it too much because I I don't 
consider Cameron to be the most nuanced writer. And and there were more. There were, I he likes to cover his bases. There, there nuance were isn't the, the word. He likes to cover lots of audience bases. I thought that the Sigourney thing, and this isn't spoiling anything, it's setting something in motion. We know that this the third film is already shot and part of the fourth one's been shot. So there's like a whole broader narrative arc about what's going on here that presumably has some kind of payoff. It's not fully resolved, but I will say, whatever the logic is, pretty cool to see Sigourney Weaver. She's play great. She's, she's great. She's playing really a good. teenager. Totally and, and it's beautifully done. Beautifully done. Yeah. And, and it's like the de-aging thing. Kidding. Like we see de-aging everywhere. Now Harrison Ford's de-aging the new Indiana Jones, but it's not that she just, no, she she's an avatar. Look like she's herself. a different character, yeah. but it looks like Sigourney Weaver, a young teenage Sigourney. Weaver. There's no problem with it. And she's one of the ones who adapt. So they have to leave Pandora to go and they, they land, um, you know, they fly, uh, uh, to this water world and well they didn't uh, leave pandora it's the planet right they they have to leave their like forest their forest area planet. yeah right. and so correct and so because they're under attack from Stephen lang and his and his mighty uh warriors and and they're <laughs> who are adapting you know one of my favorite scenes in the Stephen lang is often used for some kind of comic relief he's actually very funny in, in the movie also and there's human elements to him there's a, a great bonding what are the names of the dragons that they fly i guess they're dragons they I fly so. they're they, essentially they, dragons they have to bond with them and put the little you know, their put, hair in the hole the hair in the hole not sensual so, at all and he <laughs> he fights his and you know they think he's a goner and then he, he wrestles his to submission it, it was a, there's a lot the thing about this movie it moves it so fast there's so much invention, so much. It's like RRR in a way that you're just marveling at the cinematic. Oh, yeah. Invention. I think it's a great point it's of comparison. coming at you all the time. The choreography, the mechanics, the technology, but in the use in, in service of a great story and a lot of good characters, a great family at the to, center. To be, Go ahead. To be particularly clear. And, and again, don't want to spoil anything more than whatever you've just said, but I think it's a much better story than the last one, which had, you know, visually was astounding. I thought narratively was okay. It was a good premise. And then I, I kind of was less invested overall in the kind of the, the romance and, and this, as the stakes rose in that movie, I found them to be less involving, but in this one, it, it almost laid the foundation for what happens in this one, which is that you have a, re a real family dynamic and the stakes of of death with a family dynamic and and, and protecting, protecting protecting the family, the family. Yeah, they're under the attack real protector. there's, a, there's attack. A, a critique i think on some level of like that kind of macho alpha male energy to do that which is very much like almost like james cameron looking in the mirror he's been um, talking about that he's been saying in interviews that his own family was something of an inspiration for what go he is tangling yeah. with his children in yeah. this in a very believable and and accessible way that made a lot of sense and also the idea that you would you know just imagine james cameron as a father he he's not around he's workaholic central <laughs> and he comes home and lays down the law you know and his children he says this that his children re revolted yeah know? i mean it's like in the time you might be able to take a vacation this dad hops in a submarine and goes to the bottom of the world. You know, it's like, well, all right. So one. all right, that underwater exploration that Cameron really did. And I have so much admiration for him. Comes to the fort. Yeah. He, 
James Cameron explorer scientist side of of him. He he brought brings it to bear. I mean the art the the three Oscars that Avatar won last time they got nine nominations, including picture and director. But the three that they won were cinematography, visual effects, and um, art direction. Right now called production design. And it was not nominated for any performances. No. And that's not going to happen again because the Academy is biased against performance capture. I think Zoe Saldana is particularly good in this. I think the Sigourney Weaver, that would be that would have been in another year of course <laughs> grand. I mean, it's a conversation about it. But they they're 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 not even I mean they're not even up to to I mean the you and I have talked about whether Pinocchio could get into Best Picture. The reality is that so many people don't even watch the animated films, you know, even if it is Guillermo del Toro. And they put them and, in a box and they think about them in a certain kind of and way. And live action actors are very biased against this kind of they consider it isn't voice work. These are real performances. It's the same yeah. as what Caesar in in the uh, Planet of the Apes movie. Andy Serkis. He's one of the great he performance does it well. actors. And eventually he'll probably get some kind of trophy for it. But, uh, you know, it's, it's fascinating you bring this up as an aside. I went to a, a Pinocchio dinner because Guillermo del Toro has been making the rounds in New York. There's a Momo exhibit. He's been making the rounds everywhere. Everywhere. He doesn't sleep. And, uh, and had this was a few nights before Avatar. And, of course, you know, these guys, like, lived together at one point in the 90s. They've been buddies forever. He had and Cameron seen, bailed out his father. He paid a million bucks to get his father when he, yeah. he was kidnapped in Guadalajara a long time ago. He'd seen Avatar and he, he said something like, if my life was on the line and someone said, you have to direct some of the sequences in, the, in this movie, I couldn't, you know, obviously biased. But well, that's no, but, but what, you're, that. what you're saying is 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 what I think very few people realize. And, and I'm a I'm an amateur. Uh, I mean, I've been tracking Cameron's technological advances all these years as best I can. That, yeah. It's extraordinary what this took to do this underwater stuff, to create all of this from scratch. It's like Jungle Book. It's the same concept. It's you you are creating the world completely from scratch. Right. You're, my eyes, like I was watching this and I was like, again, I did this in 2009, but it was, it's even more pronounced this time where you're like, I can't even fully process what I'm looking at right now. Some of the frame rate stuff bugged me, but just the I didn't notice of the it world, at all. Where did you notice the frame rate? There are certain there are a few moments that almost looked like it was like happening in slow motion, or you're looking at a flip book. I can't fully describe it. Maybe it was a disconnect with how it was being projected. I don't have the technical wherewithal to fully describe it. And I think this is going to be ongoing. There's like these are very brief moments, but I was I was cognizant of it. And I'm definitely cognizant of the frame rate at the start. Because it looks different. It looks like, uh, you know, you're watching a football game or something on a really good TV, but you you adjust to that. And that's not as big of an issue. I feel like I saw um, it at a better theater than you It could did. be. It could be. I saw it at the 42nd Street IMAX, uh, which is not the, the real IMAX in New York City. That's the, the full specs is, is the one. Uh, up I saw it at the town. AMC 15. It, it was stunning. It was unbelievable. You just are completely immersed from the beginning. But you know that moment in the first avatar where you're suddenly wandering around Pandora in the forest and you see the magic sprites and you're looking yeah. at the, there's a moment, everyone knows where that moment is. All the neon is stuff. And you see the beauty, you just see the extraordinary beauty, the, the you, you bliss out, you know, and, and that's what people respond to. So, you know, strongly about being inside the Pandora world. That's why the movie's so big all over the world. That's why it's the number yeah. one movie of all time. This has those moments too, underwater. 
and and you feel this bliss you just feel this there's there's moments where he's there's a whale like creature that he bonds one of yeah. the kids bonds with his name is yeah I, I mean I, he's one of the best of the kids i thought he was extraordinary yeah good. no all the underwater stuff i mean we know that they that they get so much good press for this james cameron saying why do you shoot in water instead of doing it with cg because it just looks better but it does make the case for that i mean you're really seeing actors swimming around in tanks and stuff and holding their breath kate winslet got a kick out of it now she plays um the 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 matriarch of the sea family the 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 water world family and it's not that big a part i was a little surprised that yeah i know there was a little overhyped well yeah. i mean maybe maybe she just wanted in on that world or she enjoyed i enjoyed mean, doing the the, the i talked about that that um missing blockbuster new york times article last week i mean the, this i read it and i really dis dis disagree with it well, but I, but I, it, one thing it does remind you is that just that Cameron's been taking his time on this, and who knows how different kinds of roles have evolved with time too. And I mean, her role may be bigger in the in the next one. Right, for all, right. For we all don't know what she's he's powerful. Playing. You see that it's somebody it, that like Kate Winslet playing that part, but it's right. not that big a part. Right. Anyway, the story is riveting, and the you follow everything. But what you have is the encroachment, the rapacious warriors coming in with their machines and you have this extraordinary duality you know the organic beauty and peaceful blissful uh, nature world and the the, the machines well there's out. a moment where i mean some of the stuff is kind of on the notes but i did appreciate that these whale creatures you mentioned are really established as kind of characters and then they're treated as animals by the humans because it was one of the clearer attempts i'd seen at least on this scale to to show i mean we've seen films like blackfish right that show you that whales are intelligent creatures but this is a film like within a, a fictional science fiction context is like here are some real sentient beings you can actually identify with or realize have, you know, feelings like your own. And here's how people treat them. And that is an animal rights argument in a nutshell. And I, I thought that was really interesting that this is playing as a, a huge blockbuster that could make billions of dollars. And it has an argument like that at its core. That's really cool. I think it is a political movie in that it sense. It is a political I, movie. I, I think you should be able to say that it, 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 it definitely is. And, and he's a, uh, I, it's going to be huge. It's not going to, it's, a, I describe, a, you know, a tsunami of box office, you know, but, but the idea is that people will go back to be in this world. Three hours is nothing. Um, they're going to want to be there again. And the other aspect of this, I don't know if people remember that, that James Cameron actually wrote the screenplay for Rambo part two, you know, he is, uh, he's the kind of guy who knows how to establish all the weapons at the beginning and, you know, knows how to put people in, you know, he, look at the there is a aliens movies. He knows how to put, you know, he knows how to do war. He knows how to do battles. And, and there's a Western and, element and as well. And he knows how to blow <laughs> shit up and get a yeah. kick out of all the stuff flying around. Yeah, and some of that I did I did get tired of, but then the last kind of showdown is really intense. Well, this is where Titanic comes in. <laughs> it, it, yeah, there's a Titanic element. Oh, we can't spoil it. We're not going to spoil it. But it, <laughs> it is really intense. And I was thinking, like, Jaws made you afraid to go in the water, this one will just like give you a more complicated relationship to it. You know, it's like, it's everything. It's the scary stuff. It's the beautiful stuff. It's the the ecosystem and so forth. So the, the other thing about that Times article though, is it touches on this whole subculture of people who like 
want to live on Pandora. That's what I was referring to before. That's a, a, that is an argument against the point that this guy was making, which is that it had no cultural resonance. Well, but that, but those, but that guy says the, the author of that article finds somebody who's such a bias, Eric. Well, but, 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 but I'm saying there, there, there's somebody in the article who, who's like, yeah, I, I really am invested in the the fantasy of Pandora, but the movie is not as interesting to me or whatever. But I, but I feel like this one continues. Like, so much time has passed between the first Avatar and the second one, and this one feels like a more fleshed out universe. So it will it can go a lot further in terms of getting people invested in the stakes of Pandora because there will now be more Pandora movies in a more immediate future. So there could be another generation of people who get into Avatar in a much more uh, intense way. There, than was, there was only one avatar. There never right. was a multiverse. <laughs> it yeah, didn't exactly. exist. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And exactly. The MCU was just like Iron Man and like a not great. Exactly. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. So it was a different era in that sense. Well, so speaking- uh, as far as the Oscars go, I think it'll get about six nominations, including picture and director. So, and it's also going to go up against Black Panther. In a lot of the craft categories. No, this is this. I think it trumps Black Panther in a big way, unfortunately. Well, but I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. What about for say uh, for Ruth and production design? She already won, so that that gives. But I I would say Avatar. You know, Black Panther can't compete with Avatar in that in those categories. I just don't see it. Maybe costumes. I bet I bet Ruth Carter gets costumes. That's that's where that's where it could happen. Right. But yeah. But then but then uh, there's a sort of week weekend song at the end, you know, and there the that was not my favorite of the of the original songs. LCD sound system and white noise. (laughs) I just saw them last week. It was great. They did the song from White Noise and it was so good live. They're doing a whole residency at Brooklyn Steel. Um, I really hope they get in. That category is super competitive now. Sure. We got Lady Gaga, we got Rihanna, all kinds of stuff going on there. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. And we've got Pinocchio in there too. And we've got Pinocchio. So speaking of ginormous blockbusters, why don't we talk about the Sundance lineup that dropped this week? <laughs> because so, that also matters. So I looked it over, and um, in a, in a, in a, you know, it, it is what it always is. It's a lot of there's an enormous. What is it? Twenty six first time filmmakers or something? You know, with more than that, it's it's twenty eight percent of the of the lineup, which is right. thirty something, I believe. Uh, it, it's actually less first time filmmakers than before, but of course, the last two years of Sundance have been wholly virtual and this is the first in-person one. So they also need those bigger, some, you know, higher profile kinds of films. And, and there will be a, that aspect to the environment that you didn't really get with the virtual festival because it was all just a bunch of stuff you watched at home. Having said that, one thing that we know is going to happen with Sundance this year is that the virtual will happen five days into the festival. That's right. I'm glad um, they're still doing that. So that, and most festivals, by the way, bigger festivals, they don't. Away. they're not into that. Sundance captured audiences in all 50 States. I know that this is controversial in the industry, just talking to some distributors who they are not. Ha- there's some, they, Eric, you can, you, you, you interviewed them. So you can argue with me, but as I understand it, there's some wriggle room for films that already have distribution in terms of how many times they're going to be shown. There's a, what I understand is that there was a very, very complex negotiation that went on behind the yes. scenes for each and every one of these films. Well, and, and for the ones without it. distribution, it was easier. 
Well, you can see it. But, I mean, the it seems that the one line in the sand was that films in the competition sections had, had to be. To be. Yeah. So it, by and large, those are not films with distribution, and they are largely from first-time filmmakers. I think this is going to be an ever-evolving thing. People who are watching Sundance at home don't necessarily need to have access to every movie that plays like Gangbusters and Echoes to be able to see some good Sundance movies. So that element of access is important, whether or not you open the floodgates to the whole competition versus just an opt-in kind of a thing. I think a lot of films do benefit if they're smaller in different sections. The next section, for example, to me, is like a great section to make available to people in 50 states because that's like where the edgier stuff is and the discoveries and so forth but then some people think you just want that small Sundance audience to start the life of a movie a handful of critics write about your movie and that exclusivity then informs what comes next so this is a whole conversation that's unfolding now and I don't think there's one specific solution right but I'm glad they're holding the line they had to fight for it is my point it wasn't easy so the but for example I would imagine that audiences tuning into Sundance and I love the idea that anybody can just sign up you know and people should it's it's wonderful you can buy a pass for like go in there and watch whatever you And then, yeah, I think if you buy a $25 pass and then not to shill, but then you can like buy individual tickets, you know, follow coverage like ours and buy a couple of tickets and you can buzz builds. Exactly right. But there's a movie that, for example, I'm really interested in seeing the Nicole, of course, the Nicole Holof Center, which is one of the highest profile films in the festival. Um, You hurt my feelings with Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Tobias Menzies. Right. Where, where there's a marriage in trouble because she overhears her husband saying what he really thinks of her book. This is a great premise. I mean, really I mean, yeah, I mean, because you know how to see that film. And she's a great writer. I mean, uh, she worked with Julia on Enough Said, and that was, you know, a really very successful. Movie. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking for a lot of the bigger movies. Look, good. I mean, there's a film called Magazine Dreams that stars Jonathan Majors. And of course, he broke out at Sundance with Last Black Man in San Francisco. And now exactly. he's a star yeah. and he plays a bodybuilder. You probably the if pictures you are amazing. It, the yeah. images. This performance looks intense. I know buyers are tr- going to be tracking it. And um, that's exciting. I'm excited about Brandon Cronenberg's new movie. That looks very uh, commercial son. to me. It uh, Well, I mean, look, this is a guy who has been making wild, crazy movies like his father while working towards getting out of his father's shadow. Like his first couple of movies felt a bit imitative, even if he didn't like talking about. They were in the horror you know, genre. Yeah, they were in the body horror genre in a very explicit way. And, and as far as I can tell, they still are. But Infinity Pool does look, I mean, with, with Mia Goth doing some crazy stuff and Alexander Skarsgård, it's, it's like, it just looks like a movie that could have a real kind of life. And I'm sure Neon is thrilled about you know being able to continue his his other films were Sundance films too so there's there's a continuity there that I think is kind of great and and part of the reason why a festival like Sundance remains really valuable even if the future of the movies as a business proposition in theaters etc cetera, etc cetera, is still wide open and it's hard to know who's going to spend money at Sundance well, Netflix um, already movies. did I mean they yeah, picked they up this already, documentary yeah. called the deepest breath it's about the um deep sea diving it looks like it's in the genre of of the free solo say 
you know, sure. only this and, time and, uh, we're back in the water. <laughs> yeah, right. And people who are seeing Avatar uh, are too are are you know looking for their their water fix, and then they turn on. <laughs> so, you know, but this you is you know the fe the festival good. hasn't even started yet, and the no. the the acquisitions are are. I mean, they're showing way. twelve. And docs movies. are often the hottest titles there. Yeah, That's and they and they still could be. I mean, there's a doc on Little Richard that looks really good, dealing with him as sort of an underappreciated queer icon. There's a Michael J. Fox documentary which app already has but a whole bunch of stuff like that i'm really curious about a doc that's opening the next section on kim's video because that's a crazy story and it looks really weird honestly the that approach. one may not be one of the ones but what always happens every say. year at sundance is that the future oscar contenders are, are often uh, quite a few yep. of them they uh, have a good launch track at sundance yep, yeah exactly it's very hard to get into the doc competition yeah no but what i was going to say before is there are there are so you you remember those days when it, there was that opening night film stigma it was like one film played on opening night and it was usually like not the best movie of the festival and it, now it, they it, have 11 i think <laughs> well yeah technically it's 12 because of the short films there's like you have like a dozen options on opening night in addition to this fundraiser where like ryan coogler and nikiaru jusu and uh, W. Kamau Bell are being honored. So it's like Sundance is just going to like start with like just a flirt. You're just, you won't even know where to look. And and that kind of like overwhelming sense, you know, we get that when we, we've gone to Cannes the last two years, but we haven't had that at a, at a major U.S. festival of this scale. And so it's, I, I keep saying when people are like, well, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, you know, I think it's like the wrong question. It's more like, what what happens once Sundance happens? Because we well, just I think it, it will happen. be a petri dish for viruses. Well, is what okay. I think. So there's that. But you know what? People have been getting sick at Sundance for for decades, right? This is I a mean, an honorable no. tradition, and now we know how to wear masks. God yeah, exactly. Bear. If we had been wearing masks beforehand, we would have had an easier <laughs> time crowding into those condos. And of course, I mean we're all going to be there with uh, at, at the parties, and you can't just go to Sundance and not and just watch movies. I mean, even when my, I remember my first year I went and I was seeing things at 8 a.m., seeing things at midnight, but somehow I was squeezing in, you know. You and me hard. both, kid. Yeah, it's it's unavoidable. And that's, that's a unique ecosystem you cannot replicate online as much as I am a VR evangelist. And I hope that New Frontier brings back. Comes that back. Yeah, kid. yeah, yeah. You tried it out last time, I remember, and you, you were able to appreciate. I was wandering like a lonely avatar. Yeah. You know, I hope that that, I hope that. Uh, I wasn't you know, the, I wasn't the bell of the party. Trust me. <laughs> we'll try it again. So I'll get you into another platform at some point. Uh, anyway, and so I will see you at our event on Friday and then uh, we'll catch up next week because we got a big uh, topic to discuss. And that is, of course, our favorite movies of the year. All the top 10 lists are dropping left and right. We're working all on the our arcane New York Times uh, 10 best list. You love that word. I, I, I like do. that. I think it's a you advocate for stuff people have. No, heard I'm of. happy to look at movies I don't, I, I may not have seen, you know, but when there's so many of them on, uh, this is A.O. Scott, when there's so many of them on one list, you just have to go, come on, guy, you know, give us something that maybe somebody has seen. You have plausible deniability in that context as a critic, because if you haven't seen it, who's to say? what these things are and of course nobody's seen avatar yet most lists that might have included avatar don't because they've run so we'll see we'll see what happens with ours and we'll see uh we'll see if i can surprise you with anything that you haven't seen because uh oh I you usually do <laughs> but I, I may i may surprise you <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. all right we'll all work right. on that i'll see, see you next soon. week bye bye
It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.